Hey, that could be your new job. You can be the alarm clock. Oh, great. Like, wake up. <laughs> wake up. Oh, you want me to blow in your ear? <laughs> Not my ear. You ain't blowing in my ear. <laughs> Welcome to episode 66 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... The Great Horstocles! Yes! You dropping the Lord? You're just Horstocles now? Oh, no, I'm Supreme Master Lord Horstocles. Speaking of dropping things, your load's coming out better now? Uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> a little bit better than before. It's not as fluid as I would like, but I'm, I'm dropping loads. Ask the minion over here. He picks them up. <laughs> that brings us to our uh, special guest for the week, Horseman number 519. Sean, how are you Shit doing today, man? I am doing excellent, other than I have to sit next to Lord Horstocles, the shit dropper. That's the wrong guy. Sleaze is the shit dropper. Oh. I'm no, pretty I sure you he both dropped shit. tied me to the table. <laughs> <laughs> Some funny shit, man. <laughs> hey, the strike must be over. He's here. Uh, it must be, at least for him. I know. He's maybe, crossing the lines. Maybe he's uh, scabbing for both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Times are tough, eh? Yeah. Um, actually, I got a little nervous. <laughs> when he brusted out the tie, I was like, nope, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not waste any time. We've got a lot to talk about today. Okay. So let's move on to our comics. What were your top two books for the week, Miguel? Uh, number two. Uh, start off with Nameless. Number two. Yes, Nameless is actually my number one book of the week. Uh, it's being written by Grant Morrison and drawn by Chris Burnham. It's fantastic. The, yeah, it is. The first issue of the series was just kind of okay. I thought it was good, but it, it didn't really stand out to me as being anything special. Uh, but the second issue really took it to an all-new place. Uh, they're on the moon, and they've gone up there to uh, figure out what's going on with this comet that's heading towards Earth. Nameless is the name of this paranormal investigator guy who's up there. He has like special abilities where he can enter the dream world and make things happen. And they brought him on board because the comet, as the paranormal experts on the moon tell him, uh, is actually a angelic weapon, and it's a remnant of this war that happened between heaven and hell millennia ago, back when there was a fifth planet in our solar system called Marduk. The dog? Oh, no, that's Marmaduke. Not Marmaduke. <laughs> Marduk. <laughs> so this war happened, and there's these angelic aliens and these uh, evil aliens, but we don't actually see those yet. What we see is the comet. And their plan is to enter the comet and try to stop it somehow. This is like a big fucking asteroid to me. And this, yeah, and and they learn what all this is about by this crazy woman who was on the spaceship who got in touch with whatever demon. So she finished. She wrote all kinds of crazy angelic shit all over the walls in blood, and uh, you know he interpreted it based on his own vast knowledge of angelic writing, I guess, which is kind of weird. It's an unusual skill to specialize in, I'd say. Mm-hmm. I got that skill. <laughs> Uh, but it, it, was, it was a fantastic book. The artwork's amazing. The story's really good. I can see it's going to a kick-ass place. Uh, I'm a fan of Morrison's writing in any ways, so I'm looking forward to reading more of this. All those people are going to die. I, some of them are, are going to die for sure. going to die awful, man. Did you see? And a woman's creeping up behind the guy on the ship. What the hell? Yeah, somebody let her out. It's like the event horizon, man. I think there's ghosts, and there's aliens, and there's angels, and there's demons, and all kinds of shit in this book. But you don't have seen any of it yet. Is the event horizon gone bad, I'm telling you? Is that what it is? Yeah, but except there's a big freaking asteroid in there. It's a great book, man. Love it. My number one was the Nailbiter Hackslash One-Shot. That was actually my number two. Nice. (laughs) Uh, As you know, Josh Williamson is the writer of Nailbiter, and the artist of that is Mike Henderson. 
we don't really read Hackslash on a regular basis, but Tim Seeley is the writer who's the same guy who does Revival, which is a series I'm a big fan of. Yeah, how are we not reading Hackslash? Uh, it, it started a long time ago, and I'm not one to really pick up a series in the middle. I'm just not. I know. Uh, if I can read the trades and catch up, sure, but if I'm 14 trades behind, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't generally invest that kind of time because I don't have it. But Tim Seeley's the writer, and Emilio Lizo is the artist. And I guess Hackslash is the story of this girl whose parents were killed by a serial killer. And she goes out and she hunts down serial killers to kind of get revenge. And she has a big friend who's like a gentle giant kind of guy named Vlad. Well, in the story, they encounter Warren from Nailbiter. And he kind of misleads them and tricks them into thinking he's just another guy who's on the hunt for serial killers. Like a Dexter kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But that's the first story. <laughs> he meets them. He befriends them. He kind of makes them think he's a good guy. And then the second story happens. And he really sends them out to die against one of the other buckaroo butchers, who is a luchador. That was some funny crap. <laughs> I was reading that. You racist bastard. <laughs> Which I thought was awesome. If you don't know what a luchador is, it's a Mexican wrestler. Yeah, I know what a luchador is. I know I you know what a luchador <laughs> I know you are vastly familiar with luchador, <laughs> but our audience may not be. Okay. So he goes out there. Uh, he, he leads these people to the quote-unquote museum of the buckaroo butchers or museum of horrors or whatever it is, and just totally intends to kill them. I mean, he starts out the fight by taking them to this grave, where supposedly uh, the mother of the main girl from Hackslash is buried. And when he leads her out there, it's actually the name on the tombstone is for Vlad, the, the general giant guy. And the first thing he does is slam his head into the tombstone and knock him unconscious and then throws both of them down into a pit where he has a wrestling ring set up. That was kind of funny. <laughs> it, was, it was lighthearted. It was, it was humorous. It's still very dark, obviously, because it's all about serial killers. Uh, both stories were really good. I liked it a lot. You forgot what Warren did at the very end. Well, he went and bit some nails, of course. Oh, yeah, he opened the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> I love that book. I, I do, too. Nailbiter's one of my favorites. So we have the same top two, but reversed. We're back to that again. I see that. <laughs> well, my pick of the week was Rat Queens number nine. Curtis Weeb and Stefan Sedgick. You want to tell it or you want me to tell it? <laughs> it's, your, it's your pick of the week. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, I'm not good with the name. So the black guy got taken. Excuse me. The African-American got taken hostage from the previous I already book. said he's not. He can't be African-American. <laughs> it's not America. Okay. Excuse me. The African Stop got. Stop being overly politically correct for no reason. Fine. The African got taken. How is he African? <laughs> he's a black dude. There's no Africa in this world either. What the, what the hell is he? He's black. <laughs> Why is it so hard? He's a brown guy just like you. Okay, so the Hispanic dude. <laughs> okay, well, you know, he got taken hostage. I can't remember his name to save my life, though. Uh, but he's kind of friends with the, the witch. Uh, God damn it. You better do this. I can't even do it. Because <laughs> I can't remember the names. I know. I, remember. I don't remember the names either. But okay. So the black guy is being tortured. He's up there. The, the leader of the evil witches or wizards or whatever is planning on some kind of major attack on the town. He's planning on destroying everything. There's these giant squid monsters floating around. So the Rat Queens team up with a couple of the other mercenary groups, and you know they're waking up, and they're all disoriented. They're having flashbacks to parts of their history. They're remembering crazy things that happened, and it's making it difficult for them to focus on what's going on. And the squids, the floating monsters or whatever, are what's causing that effect. So they have to dispel that magic that's affecting them and group up and then go to take on the army of this evil wizard guy. So they head out there, and they have a big knockdown dragout fight with the evil wizard, and then it ends on kind of a... Interesting note. Yeah, I think something got cut off. Yeah, he Theon Greyjoyed him, man. Maybe so. <laughs> but yeah, that was my pick of the week. What was yours? My pick of the week was actually Guardians of the Galaxy team up number one 
from Brian Michael Bendis and Art Adams. It was easily the best Marvel book of the week. So freaking good. That was almost my pick of the week. I just couldn't. I was flip flopping between that one and Rackwings. Okay, so the Guardians team up with the Avengers. They they come to Earth and they've been shot out of the sky by some unknown spaceship. They don't recognize it. They're not sure if it's Chitari. They're not sure what it is. It turns out it is the Chitari. Um, and the Avengers come to see what the commotion is because their ship just crashed into like a Dairy Queen or something. <laughs> <laughs> so the Avengers show up. They start questioning Peter Quill. They start questioning Rocket and everybody. And all of a sudden, the giant Chitari ship uncloaks. And a huge fight goes on. I mean, everybody's fighting. Everybody's working together and cracking jokes. And some of the jokes are actually really funny, especially the ones about Rocket and uh, Spider-Woman. <laughs> oh, that was pretty damn funny, yeah. <laughs> why, why you got an arrow pointing down? <laughs> <laughs> to your junk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- the fights and the jokes and everything, just really lighthearted, really felt like a Guardians book. It felt like I was watching like a continuation of the Guardians movie, almost. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and then, of course, you find out the leader of the Chitari is Nebula. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's come back for revenge on Gamora. Yep. So I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. So if, if you're looking for something new, a number one to pick up, I don't think you can go wrong with this series, at least at this point. Gardens of the Galaxy team up number one. Yeah. So what about you, Sean? What have you read this week that you enjoyed? Um, so definitely Guardians of the Galaxy team up. I thought that was great, uh, especially like the fact that they threw in the little tropes and stuff like that. Like this escalated quickly. Um, those were those little jabs and things like that. Those were great. Uh, just made me laugh even harder at the whole thing. Um, and I think one of the one of the scenes though they could have really thrown in something extra in there when they were all standing around. Hawkeye realized they were looking for something. They everyone's got their guns pointed to the sky and they're like, "Are you looking for something?" And when it decloaks, I was like, "They should have thrown in there like found it." <laughs> that would have been a Deadpool line. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. And uh, I would say definitely Nameless is the other one that I really liked this week. Three out of three reviewers can't be wrong. <laughs> that book was insane this week. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I don't think we did it justice in describing it, uh, but you guys owe it to yourselves to go pick up Nameless 1 and 2 because I think it has the potential to be a really big breakout hit for Image. Oh, yeah, for sure. So that was, that was it for the week. That's all the good comics. Yeah. What do you mean that's all the good comics? There were some other good ones. Come on. Hulk has Deadpool coming in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right at the end. That's going to be insane. The whole next couple of issues is going to be like, holy shit. I know. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. That may be in our top three next week. I think I want to hire you. Or whenever it comes out. We gotta get Jerry Dugan on the show. I know, right? Yeah. Well, if you guys enjoy the show, there's a couple different ways you could support us, and we need your support. The first way is by going to tweakedaudio.com and using promo code Comical to purchase some headphones. And when you use that promo code, you'll get a third off the cost of your order, plus free shipping anywhere worldwide. And these headphones are really, really good. Uh, they have noise canceling functionality. They have supreme bass. Uh, they just they sound amazing, and they have a flat cable design that can prevent tangling. Uh, so many benefits. To these headphones. Our podcast sounds great on it. Other podcasts sound almost as good as ours. Uh, <laughs> and I can use them to not listen to you at work. That's true, and you can block out the world. So <laughs> do us a favor, go to tweakedaudio.com, get some kick-ass headphones, use promo code COMICAL. The other way you can support us is by going to PayPal and just sending us money directly. Uh, send it to comicalpodcast at gmail.com. We have a lot of conventions coming up in the middle part of the year. And a lot of things we want to do. A couple of giveaways are coming up. Uh, we need some new t-shirts, and we want to be able to get the t-shirt site up and running so that we can sell those to you guys if you're interested. I know several people have expressed interest. Uh, we also need new flyers. We're planning on doing kind of an interesting giveaway at Comic Palooza, which I'm excited about, but I can't really tell anybody about yet. So yeah, any support you guys can give us is greatly appreciated. I know Horstocles needs his medication. 
So his bowels will start moving. That's right. Uh, he, <laughs> he needs his horstication. <laughs> there are other solutions. Are you going to give us money? Do you want something up your butt? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never mind. No, I'm not horse to sleaze. I'm not. <laughs> Suppository please. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not a horse to please. I mean, I've got a two-year-old. I've had to do this to. It's like a little liquid enema. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. That ain't flying here. <laughs> Just because you're used to handling shit doesn't mean you're getting near my pooper. <laughs> well, if there's anybody that could, hey, <laughs> it's the shit shoveler. Nice. <laughs> Speaking of shit shoveling, uh, how did you become our friend, Sean? How did you get involved in all this horse minion nonsense? I met Miguel first, and uh, it was because he put in a ticket at work to fix a computer that he couldn't fix himself. And uh, I got to his desk. and Isn't that funny? Was, he works at a computer company and knows nothing about computers. Yeah, exactly. Hey, wait a fucking minute. <laughs> the damn thing, we're locked out of certain shit. You know, only the geeky nerds get the access, which, a.k.a., he has the access. Admit it. Even if you have the access. I'd probably fuck you it up. Still be <laughs> so, yeah, I showed up, and he had a bunch of comic books all over his desk. I was like, hey, what are you reading? And it turned into, hey, we got a podcast. So it just rolled from there, and... I kept showing up, talking about comics and talking about the podcast, and yeah. So it was my fault. It is your fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's your shit shoveler. <laughs> <laughs> shit, at least he's not a looker. Uh, that's true. There are worse things to be. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, it's, okay, so you're somebody that actually knows the looker in real life. Not Eric the Looker Lopez, our friend who we sometimes make fun of and refer to as the looker, the actual looker. I Yes, I am aware of who the looker is. <laughs> So it's a real person that works at our job that frequently follows me to the bathroom <laughs> and looks over the stall at me when I'm trying to go. And I know he's done it to you, and I know he's done it to other people. I tell you, man, just fling poo. <laughs> just monkey out. I mean, b- before, before we presented this in an Ask Lord Horsticles segment, and we did it as, uh, as if it was somebody we didn't know. But in actuality, it's a real person, and he has some real problems. <laughs> Yeah, you moved, and you still get visits. (laughs) I did. I moved all the way to the other side of the cubicles to get away from him, and he still won't leave me alone. (laughs) I think the dude's in love with me, and it's horrible. (laughs) What do you have to say about the looker? Mm, See, I didn't talk to him much, so, and and since I didn't have to be around him nine, ten hours a day, I got away with just being like, yeah, I know who the looker is, but I don't need to know who the looker is. I, I think the looker was threatened by you because at one point you were standing up there talking to Justin. I was sitting in my cube, and and then he stood up. And I mean, you went away or something. He goes, don't he have any place to be? Don't he got work to do? I need to talk to his supervisor. So clearly he was worried that you were stealing Justin away from him. Oh, I completely yeah. forgot about that. He did say that one time. <laughs> yep. And it was a, I spent my entire lunch hour talking to Justin. And, uh, yeah. Don't lie, fucker. You were there for three hours. Don't lie. There was was one day I didn't have crap to do. One. I was like, one. (laughs) Okay. There was like a week where I didn't have crap to do. Week? (laughs) Shit, I thought you lived there, Nick. (laughs) You were there quite a bit, Sean. It's okay, though. You you and I had a lot to talk about. I mean, we're both fans of podcasts, and we talked about a lot of shows. We talked about a lot of comics. I mean, you're a fan of older comics, just like I am. We talked about a lot of Silver Age stuff. Uh, So why don't you tell us... About your comic history, why don't you tell us where you got your start, what what got you into the industry, what got you into comics? The very first book I ever found, and I don't remember the number, it was, but it was one of the original X-Men books before Beast was ever blue and furry. Um, I just happened to find it at my grandfather's house. 
uh, I picked it up. He was like, just be careful with it, but go ahead, read it. And I read that thing probably a hundred times. I loved it. And it wasn't, it wasn't even one of the, like the big issues either. It was just one of their kind of thrown in issues, one shot type of thing back, you know, back in the sixties, back before they were the uncanny X-Men when they were just the X-Men. Yes. And then right behind it was another one from the seventies when they first introduced Wolverine and, and all the, the newer characters, Storm and, you know, Cyclops had just come back and they still hadn't really told that story of where the original X-Men were. They were just showing off the new ones. Right. So it was just those two. Those were the books that I had to read. And I kind of rolled from there. Uh, like, uh, I would go to the grocery store and I'd find Bone. And it, originally, when it was the, you know, the the 32 page bone and not the big book that they have now. Yeah. I've uh, read that, read all, just a bunch of different stuff. What Why are you saying to... bone and your hands are like whacking around down there? What are you doing? <laughs> Miguel, like, yeah, you know about bones. <laughs> Damn right. I know about bones. <laughs> they call me tripod. Whoa. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> tripod was the name of our, uh, he man hero. We created. That's right. right yeah. <laughs> oh, so cool. Funny. So it was X-Men and Wolverine, huh? Yeah, X Men, Wolverine. Wolverine was my absolute favorite character of all time. Now it's he's died away. He's been used so much. It's yeah. just to the point where you get sick of him if they use it too much. Well, he's dead, bro. Aren't you, ha- aren't you happy he's gone for a little I, while? I am actually. I was I was excited. That's almost the wrong thing to say about a character who's that popular. But I was like, damn right, they need to kill him off for a little while. But you know what? It's probably only going to last six months. Uh, you know we're we're approaching the six month mark, I think. Yeah, uh, and I'm I'm pretty happy still. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think the Marvel universe is suffering without Wolverine. No, and the, they throw it in there a little bit. You see some of the characters, uh, you know, they give a little bit of a tear here and there, and and whatnot. But it's like you don't miss them. You have can't. You, have you been reading the Wolverine series? I haven't, uh, only because I've been spending a lot of time trying to catch up on all the older X Men stuff. And like right now, I'm near the original Secret War okay. storyline, so I'm I've been just kind of powering through it as fast as I can. And if I can get to the Secret War, then I know I'll be at least most of the way caught up with what's going to happen coming up in the next two months. That's cool. You're a big proponent of uh, digital comics, right? Yes, I am. So you don't do you even collect uh, any physical books, or do you pretty much just only do the digital thing? Uh, I will collect um, the variant cover books, uh, uh, like the Guardians of the Galaxy. When they did the the kid characters, uh, they did that whole run over the course of the month, where that one the guy that does the the Scotty Young, yeah, yeah. I thought those were so cool. I got like Spider Man twenty ninety nine, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, who are you, Bryfy? <laughs> he likes those things too. <laughs> I I thought they were cool. The Avenger, the Avengers versus X Men. When they did that one, they did that huge spread mm-hmm. cover, and then they made it a poster as well. He don't like Scotty Young. Scotty Young's pretty badass. Not a dog, Scotty Young. It's just that's all Bryfy ever talks about. <laughs> they're they're great because of the just making them look funny. And like Hawkeye has his bow, but it's little suction cups at mm-hmm. the end of it, end of the arrow, you know, things like that. It's just kind of a little laugh type stuff. Well, let me ask you this question real quick, since you collect variants and stuff. What is Justin asked this question a while back. What is your issue that you really want? I mean, your holy grail, the one you'd love to collect that you could buy. Oh, uh, absolutely, hands down, the um, the first appearance of Spider-Man in um, Amazing Fantasy. Amazing, yes, Fantasy. Amazing Fantasy number 15. Mm-hmm. 
that's obviously that's like way out of out of anybody's real realistic price range but i would love to get my hands on one of those i'm kind of surprised you said that because you're such a big x-men guy just like me Mm-hmm. I kind of thought you would go with X-Men number one or giant size X-Men number one. I mean, obviously Amazing Fantasy is worth a shitload more than those books. Oh, yeah. But taking the monetary value out of it, I mean, if you could own one book for your own personal collection to read, I would think you would go with an X-Men title. I, You know what? Yeah, I probably would go with the, the giant size X-Men number one when they reintroduced all the all the characters, brought it back in, I think it was 71 or yeah. 73. It was early 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely go with something like that. It's funny you talk about the Amazing Fantasy. They did those; they redid them or small books in the Buffalo newspaper. Mm-hmm. And so my kid actually has like every one of them, yeah. and then like they're actually worth a little bit of money. It's, like, it's not not like the original, obviously, nowhere near that. But, yeah. But it's kind of funny. I was like, holy crap! <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned earlier. Well, obviously we know Wolverine is dead. He's going to die soon too. Deadpool is. All right. So everybody's all up in arms because Deadpool is supposed to die in issue two fifty which is mm-hmm. three issues away, roughly. Mm-hmm. Deadpool's died before. You remember the dead arc? Yeah. Uh, where he, he got injected with a serum that took away his healing factor, and he died, and then he came back anyways. Mm-hmm. Deadpool can't die. I mean, he's the same way as Wolverine, except his healing factor is like ten times as powerful. You can obliterate him to a drop of blood, and he'll grow himself back. It'll take him a while, but he'll get there. Yeah. There's no kill on Deadpool. Even if you give, take away his healing factor, he's still going to come back in some iteration. So what if Marvel, uh, this both of you guys, so what if Marvel decides to keep him dead for a while? So now you got Wolverine and Deadpool See, out they, of the picture for a they while. They have a Deadpool movie coming up soon. I just don't think that it makes economic sense for Marvel to do that. They need to be able to keep making money off the character. So what's probably going to happen is he's going to die, which is the logical conclusion to the arc that's going on now with Brian Posehn and Jerry Dugan. Mm-hmm. And then when Secret War, he might stay dead for a few months. Uh, while Secret Wars happens and everything's getting rebooted, there may be another all-new Deadpool or another reboot, or start over, or whatever. With maybe a new creative team? I hope not. I love Jerry Dugan and Brian Posehn. I think they've done amazing things with the character. But he's not going to stay dead for very long. You know what's going to happen, right? He's going to die, and he's going to come back, and he's going to bring Wolverine with him. Well, what I'm thinking is going to happen is the death of Deadpool is supposed to be a mockery of the death of Wolverine. I wouldn't be surprised if we get some spinoffs like uh, the Deadpool Legacy, or <laughs> the Deadpools, or whatever. <laughs> you know, I, like I, I could totally see them making a mockery of all the stuff that's happened with Death of Wolverine, and just do it through Deadpool, too, because it would be hilarious. Bob would be crying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do, but I'm not sad about it. I, I know the character's going to come back. And even if he's not for a while, you still got like a million miniseries that are planned, so you're still going to be able to read about the character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was like, there was an issue, uh, probably four or five years ago where he blew his brains out with a shotgun. He was sitting on his couch and just and completely out of his head. Mm-hmm. Totally. He got rid of his brains and everything inside of his skull. Next issue. Perfectly fine. So it's, he's a lot harder to kill than even Wolverine. I mean, the Hulk can't even kill him. The Hulk has tried to obliterate him. <laughs> oh, yeah, hell, and he the, grew back. Uh, even during, um, Axis, they ripped his head off and he didn't die. Mm-hmm. Now there's no, there's no there's no getting rid of Deadpool. Claw can do it. I mean even <laughs> even like in the future, there's there's a lot of storylines where you see Cable or Bishop at the end of time, and Deadpool's still there, kind of wandering around. I mean he might be like mentally deficient even more than he normally is, <laughs> yeah. but he's still there, and he's just like yeah, it's just me. Yeah. Even <laughs> during the uh, before they brought uh, they had uh, Cable took Hope into the future, and he kept bouncing f- further and further and further ahead, mm-hmm. and then there was just like it's a wasteland and. There's Deadpool laying on the ground. His body was partially rotted away. His brain had rotted away a bit. And he was like, what? Cable? 
you're here? Yep. And, the, and Cable was even more surprised than he was. There's no getting rid of him. He's like a plague. I got you. He'll come back. Night of Living Deadpool. <laughs> That's already going on. I know, we're, right? on return, we're on Return of the Living Deadpool already. That's true. <laughs> and it's actually pretty funny. I'm, I'm liking this uh, particular miniseries quite a bit. But Saint ain't writing it. I don't like it. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing I'm most worried about is that Jerry Dugan and Brian Posehn are leaving the book. They're going to be a new creative team. I mean, I'm all for new people getting an opportunity to write the character, but I've just completely fallen in love with their take on him, and I am not wanting to see him in anybody else's hands anytime soon. Yeah, from what I've read, and I haven't read all of the X-Men stuff since I am trying to catch up on, on the older, but the appearances that he has... I have enjoyed the fact that they don't break the fourth wall with him as much as they used to, because uh, it was getting a little old. It'd be funny sometimes, but yeah. Just recently, I think last week they did one uh, where he said, "You know, this is the greatest comic ever," mm-hmm. and and it, it was a good laugh. But I was glad it was only like one instead right. of like every every other frame was him breaking the fourth wall. Well, they, they took all the. They took all the things that Daniel Wade did to the character out of the equation. I mean, he's not constantly breaking the fourth wall. He's not constantly, you know, making stupid jokes or talking to himself or acting like a ridiculous, crazy person. Talking to two boxes. He's talking like, I mean, he's acting like a person that has an agenda and he's rational about his decisions. I mean, sometimes he does them in crazy ways because he knows he can't die. He knows he can't get hurt. Yeah. And, you know, it's always wacky the way he accomplishes things, but he, he can do that without looking like a complete fuck up, <laughs> which is nice. And I really just love their take on the character and I'm, I'm going to be sad when it's over. Well, are we done interviewing the minion over here. I had a couple more tough questions for him. Well, go ahead and ask him. Why do you look the way you look? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hey, it's time for uh, I got hit in the face with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> He's funny looking. So that leads us to our next thing, man. Tell me a funny story. I guess it's my turn, right? Yeah. All right, so I'm going to tell you a story about my sister. Whoa. So this is a story about my uh, my middle sister. And this happened when she was six years old, and she was just starting first grade. So I had been having trouble getting up in the morning. And my parents were always tired of yelling at me, saying, get up, get up, banging around and stuff. So my mom went out, and she bought me an alarm clock. And it helped. You know, when the alarm clock went off, I would always wake up, get ready for school, whatever. It was never an issue. Well, my, my sister, at that time, she still wanted to follow my footsteps and do all the same things I was doing. So since I had an alarm clock, she wanted an alarm clock. And she begged my parents to get her one for like a week. Every day, Justin has an alarm clock. I want an alarm clock. Give me an alarm clock. I want an alarm clock. Give me an alarm clock. And my mom finally got sick of it and was like, okay, fine. Took her on a special trip to the store, bought her an alarm clock. Brought her home, set it all up. She was so excited. Until the next morning when it went off. She did not realize what an alarm clock did. So when the alarm clock went off at 6.30 in the morning, everybody in the house heard her screaming, You stupid alarm clock! You woke me up! You stupid alarm clock! You piece of crap! Why'd you wake me up, you stupid alarm clock? And she ripped it out of the wall, (laughs) threw it down the stairs, and then went back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of funny. And and that's the story of my sister and the alarm clock. (laughs) Wow. A little passion there. Yeah. That is, uh, that's committed. Yeah. (laughs) Or to be committed. <laughs> I think now she doesn't have those problems. She's a little more uh, comfortable with waking up next to an alarm clock. She's nice as your alarm clock. Good alarm <laughs> clock. <laughs> she thinks it for waking her up instead of throwing it down the stairs. 
Hey, that could be your new job. You can be an alarm clock. Oh, great. Like, wake up. <laughs> wake up. <laughs> oh, you want me to blow in your ear? Not my ear. <laughs> you ain't blowing in my ear. <laughs> you, could, you could just call him every day and wake him up. Well, I get uh, up at 5 o'clock in the morning, so you want me to call you at 5? I'm up before He's you. already way up by uh, then. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Actually, that, that reminds me. Uh, so last week we were recording the show, and Miguel said something that was just ridiculously funny. So I turned it into a ringtone. You bastard. <laughs> so now every time Miguel calls me, this is what plays. The dildo police is coming for you. The dildo police is coming for you. The dildo police is coming for you. Isn't that great? That means two things. <laughs> We're actually thinking about finding a bunch of our uh, great one-liners from previous episodes and turning them into ringtones and putting them up on the website. Uh, because there's one other one. We had uh, another coworker who listens to the show came to visit us and... It was funny because uh, he had said something from one of the shows as his alarm clock. So every time he was doing work or whatever and he got a little distracted, he set an alarm clock so it would go off. And it was the, you enjoying that Hershey bar, boy? <laughs> line. Oh, the one where I almost choked and died? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh, we keep talking about that. Maybe we'll go out and find a bunch of the funny one-liners and make them into ringtones and put them on the website. I think You're a doll. Yeah. <laughs> I think people get a laugh out of that. Or the one where I'm just laying on the floor over there dying, laughing, almost choking to death. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> well, what about you, Sean? You got any funny stories for us? Uh, I have several funny stories. I'll start with a really short one. Um, I went to Walt Disney World about three or four years ago, and uh, we got on the tram. We were going around for the Magic Kingdom in one of the resorts. So there was this parent with these two kids, and one kid looked like he were about to get just vomitous sick Ooh. from the ride because you get thrust forward pretty quickly on that on that tram. That's how my um, girl likes it. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I do it, sir. I thrust forward. Now you like the thrusting pretty quick. What? what? <laughs> well, we got about halfway between uh, one resort and the next one, and all of a sudden this kid just vomited all over the floor. And I'm just standing there, and I looked down, and I went, well, I guess that was too much Disney magic. And the parents just gave me the worst look ever. Like, that was not funny. I'm sorry. Everybody else in there, dying. And, I was, and I'm just straight-faced the whole time. I'm not even laughing myself. I was like, are you going to clean that shit up? <laughs> it could have been worse. It could have been while they were whipping around turns or something and fly back and hit a bunch of other people in the face. That'd be a better story. <laughs> uh, I have seen that on the Dumbo ride, the uh, vomit just shooting off of the side. And I couldn't even figure out how, how that was possible, that somebody would vomit on the Dumbo ride. But if you get up high enough, you actually get a little bit of uh, torque yeah. from being thrown around, uh, twisted around like that. You imagine being in those little stupid teacups. <laughs> I've ridden the teacups before. <laughs> you can't fit in a teacup. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not now. <laughs> You're a teacup. <laughs> You're a little teapot. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I wasn't gonna sing the song. <laughs> Almost started. <laughs> so. uh about seven years ago, I think it was seven years ago, roughly, uh, the movie Contagion, when that movie came out, it was towards the end of its run. It was about to go out of the theater. So they put it in a smaller theater, and this was in Virginia. And they only had, I don't know, maybe seven rows in the whole thing. And I'm sitting off to one side. It was with my ex. Well, she had just got over a really bad case of the flu, uh-huh. but she was still sniffling and sneezing. Now, we're in a movie about the flu spreading across the country and across the world, killing people left and right. And she's there (laughs) and sneezing and coughing and the whole way through the film. And at one point it's a silent moment in the movie 
where they're just panning over all the dead bodies. And it was like, I guess it was like Chicago and they're in a big warehouse and they got all the body bags lined up and there's maybe four or five couples left in the theater. Uh, and she just starts coughing intently and can't stop. And you, I look over and I'm looking around cause the, the screen's really bright too. So I could see the whole theater and everybody's looking over at us like, Oh God, is this going to be patient zero right here? <laughs> And I'm just like, you really need to stop or leave them, leave the theater, please. Just go, go, because you're freaking the other people out. You should listen to JIC Pogs. I already went on a rant about sick people in movies, <laughs> coughing all over his drink. Uh, that was horrible. It, that was a bad choice on our part to go and see that movie while she was still <laughs> coughing and, and sneezing and sniffling. That bad. You should have started acting like sneezing too. Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I can't fake sneeze that well. So you said you had a third story. What's your third funny story? Uh, my third story involves my new job and where I work. I work in a hospital here in Houston. And uh, it's it wasn't me that was having the issue. It was the guy I was working with. He can't deal with blood. Hmm. And, uh, and he works at a hospital. He works at a hospital. Okay. Now, we are in the IT department. So in a hospital. he really shouldn't be exposed to it. But it happens. Uh-huh. Uh, in this case, it happened in the emergency department and uh, labor and delivery. And uh, so we were supposed to be deploying these instruments in through these different rooms. And one of the rooms opened up in the emergency department. And we're like, okay, we can get that room. We can get it knocked out. We'll be in and out in no time. We walk in. The, the room itself is clean except for the bathroom. And it looked like a slaughterhouse. <laughs> so there's blood everywhere all across the bathroom. Holy the, crap. The, yeah, it was crazy. I've actually not seen that much blood except for in a slaughterhouse. Uh, and this, we walk in. He goes straight to where <laughs> we're supposed to put this stuff on the wall. And I'm standing back. And I look in the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, man. Somebody bled out all over the place. And all of a sudden, I just hear him. He's not even looking in my direction. He can't see it. He just goes, (laughs) shut up. And I'm like, and I look into the bathroom. I'm like, they got it on the ceiling, too. Shut up. (laughs) So he he gets done and runs out of the room. He can't deal with it anymore because I keep going with it. I just keep talking about it. I'm like, they got it all over the toilet. They got it around. It. It's like they were trying to draw with it. <laughs> <laughs> what were they drawing? It, well, big circles. It looked like crop circles and everything <laughs> on the floor. Um, so then, not even five minutes later, uh, we go up to labor and delivery, and there's one room left that we have to put this equipment in, and there was a woman in there giving birth. We waited. She gave birth. They moved her to the other area where they afterwards where they have the, the mother with the baby and everything and uh, get ready for the next pregnant mom to come in and have her kid. In the meantime, we're like, okay, we can get that room now that they're out. Well, they didn't clean up yet. <laughs> so we walk in, and he's got the equipment in his hand. He just drops it. On the floor, just, nope, I can't deal with this. Because there's just, it looked like an exorcism had happened with blood all over the bed. These are some great song names, right? (laughs) Hospital, bathroom, slaughterhouse, (laughs) maternity ward, exorcism. (laughs) (laughs) Blood on the floor and on the ceiling. (laughs) 
But yeah, and I'm just like, you want me to get it? He's like, yeah, man, just get it. I can't deal with no. This is I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Fuck this place. I'm done. You should have told him, hey man, you got some afterbirth on your shoe. <laughs> or when you're in the bathroom, is that a kidney? <laughs> and I was looking around for the uh, the that amniotic sac and all that crap that they that comes out. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, man, there's got to be around here somewhere. They must have cleaned it up already. But I wanted to just be like, hey, dude, check this out. You're a sick bastard. <laughs> I know. Now we know why you can shovel shit without having any problems. That's right. And get tied up to boards. Yeah, you're, what you're dropping is nothing compared to what he deals with on a daily basis. I guess so. <laughs> no, I've seen I've seen asses in air before. <laughs> like the first couple of weeks of being at this new job. That's a rap song. Asses in air. <laughs> This hospital sounds lively. I know, man. Can we get a job there? <laughs> Take support. <laughs> I can help you. You have a what stuck in your anus? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That is it. That's freaking awesome. Those are pretty funny. Please tell me you wear gloves. I do. I wear gloves a lot, and I use a lot of hand sanitizer. That's probably smart. Yeah. It's, you- yeah uh, we do have strict rules about washing hands for 30 seconds and using a lot of hand sanitizer, but I do it more frequently than necessary because of the places I go. Yeah. That's some funny shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So moving on last week on the show, we talked about a bit of news. Uh, We mentioned that in the Dawn of justice movie that uh, they were going to possibly cast a female green lantern and that there was rumors that Michelle Rodriguez was going to play that role. You had a bit of a strong opinion about that. I'd have a problem with it, but I had a problem with it being a female green lantern. I know you, you don't really read the news site, so you don't really know about all the controversy, but uh, I read this the day after she posted something online saying that she had no interest in playing a Green Lantern. She had no interest in taking a white person's part. Right. That's the way she phrased it at first, because she didn't want to or she didn't like the fact that in all these comic book movies, they're taking all these characters that are written as white and then changing them to different races. She was very much against that in her initial statement. And there was a lot of backlash. A lot of people were pissed off. That that's what she had said. And they were just like, it doesn't make sense to come out with that stance because who doesn't want more diversity in the comics? Who doesn't want more diversity in the roles that people are playing? And, you know, granted, comics evolved in like the 1930s and it was exclusively white characters. I mean, there was hardly any ethnic characters in anything until way, way later. Gangsters were all Italian Black guys were just bums. Yeah. And, and that's how those 60s and even in the early 70s, that's how they were. It's, I mean, there was no good diversity. Right. And they, they were always typecast as the bad guys <laughs> or, yeah. or, as, or as insignificant characters. They were never cast as, you know, the hero themselves or as, you know, even, even as like the hero's sidekick. They were, never, they were never given those kind of roles or even like the main villain. Uh, so everybody, I think, wants more diversity in their comics, especially nowadays, because... The world is not 100% white. Exactly. And I was even okay with... <laughs> this room is more than 50% white. <laughs> Looks great to me. Not nice. <laughs> you know, I was okay with Electro in that last Spider-Man movie being a black guy. Yeah, me too. If you read, if you read the origin of the character, he was just a guy that worked and didn't have a very good paying job. And that's how it was. Now, I didn't like the movie itself, but... It didn't matter what race he was. Anybody could have fit that role. Yeah. Well, anyways, after her initial statement where everybody on the internet turned against her, uh, she came out with another statement saying that her words were taken out of context because she rushed to get something out there about it. And that 
what she really meant was that everybody should be working to create more diverse characters instead of focusing on gender swapping or, or race swapping, which was just kind of a cover your ass statement. But you know, it's it's a good issue. It's a good thing to bring attention to that. Yes, there should be more diverse characters and people who want to see those things, like people like Omar and Seek, who are working to create more diverse characters and leading characters that are not white. Don't forget Kel or Kel exactly. Uh, Steve, we've had plenty of of uh, diverse writers on our show, and obviously. We're all about that. We're all about supporting diversity in comics. Yeah, it's about time you did, you racist bastard. <laughs> Where's my, my reparations? <laughs> you're the you one that Texas back. <laughs> you're the one that keeps calling uh, the black people African Americans. <laughs> you overly politically correct. <laughs> <laughs> Me? I'm politically correct. Overly politically correct. <laughs> you're worried about f- offending fictional characters. <laughs> I talked about a guy being a slave just fictional a couple weeks ago. Characters. <laughs> fictional characters. <laughs> <laughs> okay. People are stupid. We know this. Obviously, I'm sitting next to one. Oh, just kidding. You're a good guy. <laughs> Scratch that. He thinks you're people. <laughs> These actors, I, they don't I think. Didn't think he tried, I didn't think he thought of minions as people. No. I mean, we got to step up. Holy shit. <laughs> David Chris, we're people. <laughs> actors don't think, man. Actors don't think. They just blurt crap out and don't realize it's going to be taken out of context. Same thing with the athletes. They just don't understand. I mean, shit, have the stuff I take. You take out of context all the time. The total police is coming for you. I mean, come on. It's not out of context. It was exactly how it was intended. Yeah, but you under- you didn't tell them why, you know, because we were talking about sex criminals. Well, everybody listens to the show knows that. No, but other people have never heard, and that's the first thing they hear. Like, dude, this dude's a deviant. <laughs> Maybe you're actually afraid the dildo police are coming for you. <laughs> no, what'll what'll be a problem is when uh, his phone. You call him while he's at work and you're not, and mm. everybody hears you singing. The dildo police are coming for you, coming out of his cubicle. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll do that. <laughs> I already played it at work. I'm no, not, no, yeah, he's I'm not, not concerned. <laughs> he's not saying anything. But yeah, I mean that was something that happened this past week with Michelle Rodriguez, and I thought we should just touch on it a little bit. Good or bad touch. That's for the listeners to decide. <laughs> she was stupid for saying what she said the first time, and you're right. The second statement was an ass covering statement. Yeah, yeah. For I mean, sure. Jesus, does she not want work? But I'll let her give me a good touch. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've always been a fan of hers too. I was kind of disappointed that that's the stance she took. Yeah, I don't understand that. You don't understand being a fan of her. You don't understand. I'm understanding this fucker here asking her for a good touch. <laughs> I don't think she's that bad looking. I didn't think you were into Hispanics. I like big butts. So nice. you're, you're telling him not lie. About you're, that. you're telling him there's a chance. <laughs> what? <laughs> Hispanic women. <laughs> Shut up, dumb well, boy. Miguel does have a big butt. So. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you're just his type. Whoa, <laughs> that's not happening. Go show us some shit. Well, moving on. Let's talk about the uh, movies, comics, and TV news of the week. All right, give me some comics. Comics first. All right. There's not a whole lot. Uh, mostly just more announcements coming out of Secret Wars. There was three new titles announced this week. The first one is that there will be an Extinction Agenda storyline coming out of Secret Wars. Remember that uh, crossover, the X-Men crossover from back in the 80s? No. That focused on Havoc and Wolfsbane? Nuh-uh. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I vaguely remember it because was it was one of those stories that wasn't great. It, actually, it was really it was a skimmable type story that you just go through. But most of the crossovers back then were. Yeah. So it's one you remember the name because it was made a big deal out of, even though it wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was just Spider Man in it back in the day. All right. Well, that's one of them that's coming. Uh, another one is Weird World, which was a fantasy story set in the seventies. 
you know, swords and sorcery, Conan kind of storyline. There's a lot of dragons and mythological creatures in this world, so kind of interesting to bring something like that back. I mean, Marvel has a lot of those kinds of stories in their history. Oh yeah, that don't really exist nowadays. Yeah, they they've they've uh, over over time they've retconned a lot of that stuff and kind of skimmed it off and made it just disappear. Well, it exists, but it's not part of the canon of the official Marvel universe. Yeah, so they're bringing some of it in with Weird World, which is kind of cool. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, they definitely skimmed off a lot of it with uh, Excalibur. Yeah. So, uh, and th- the last one is they're doing an 1872 storyline, which is like the Wild West version of all the superheroes you're familiar with. It's like, a, like Cap is a gunslinger, and Iron Man's like an oil baron. <laughs> what? Yeah. I don't know if I want to pick that crap up. Well, well, you know, all these different realities are colliding on Battleworld in the Secret War, so... You're going to have a lot of stories that are interesting or different takes from alternate realities of the characters you know. So this is just one that's based in the Wild West. I was hoping they'd do a 1602. And they did have the Daredevil on one of the pictures mm-hmm. from 1602. So while that wasn't a great story, I hope they do bring that into play because it was interesting. A lot of people really like that one too, and I, yeah. I think it's possible. They're just slowly letting these trickle out. So we still got what, two months before it starts, I'm sure. Yeah sure we'll see something i'm sure that's a possibility for release yeah so that's it for comics what next movies or tv i want movies movies all right so the first thing is obviously very sad and everybody's aware of it by now leonard nimoy passed away yes i know uh, he was uh, an amazing actor you know star trek was a very influential show in my adolescence and i'm sure it was for both of you guys too oh yeah um same for me i had picked up watching next generation first me too uh, but then uh, and I wasn't a big fan, but I thought it was enough. It was like sci-fi. I was kind of into it. And then afterwards, at least from where I grew up, they played an episode uh, of the original Star Trek. So I was familiar with those characters as well. Uh, so it made it easier when the movies came out, when they did the crossover between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, And for me, it was like Spock I thought was really a cool character. Yeah, Spock was one of my favorites. Uh when I was a kid, because every single night I had a TV in my room when I was like an early teenager, like t- actually from the time I was about 10, I had a TV in my room and I could pick up UHF channels with like the rotary thing on my TV. Yeah. So I had one channel that would always play Star Trek every night. It played Seinfeld, Star Trek, and then Star Trek The Next Generation. So every single night before I went to bed, I would watch those three shows and uh, Star Trek meant a lot to me as a kid. I loved it. It was, uh, it was one of the things that gained me my first real best friend. And he and I bonded over Star Trek and games and stuff, and it was really sad to hear about Leonard Nimoy passing away. Star Trek was the first show I started watching as a kid with my grandfather. He was the big science fiction guy, and uh, the big three for me were Kirk, Spock, and Bones. Uh, Spock being one, and Kirk being two. It was very sad. You know, I've gone back and seen a lot of different things with him on. I've seen a lot of stuff on Facebook. The, have you seen the commercial with him and Zachary Quinto? With the Audi commercial, yeah, I saw yeah. that. Didn't they, didn't they run that uh, two Super Bowls ago? I think that was one of the commercials mm-hmm. they did. I think so. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And then uh, someone posted on uh, on uh, Facebook again with the paper, rock, scissors, lizard, Spock. Yeah, and of course you see that the paper, the rock, and scissors all and lizard sitting on the benches looking at the grave. Yeah, kind of sad, man. It really is. He's a great actor, good guy. Loved him, and he, like you said, very influential in my life as a nerd. You know, he lived and prospered, motherfucker. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, and and just like um, Fringe, I don't know if you guys watch that show or not. Mm-hmm. 
I loved that show, and I was excited when he turned out to be the guy. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it's so awesome. You know, it's exactly who I pictured it would be. Yep. Was him. He's had so many great roles across his career, but obviously Spock is the one he's most well known for and the one that people remember him as. So it's sad. Yeah, even if you've seen some of his tweets, uh, you saw his last tweet too, right? Yeah, very eloquent man. Yeah, as a, I, I thought his last tweet was very fitting for his life. And just in general, for everybody. Saw the billboard that's in Atlanta? No, I haven't seen that yet. He's got, they got a picture of him doing the Vulcan and lived long and prosper. And some people put it in there. He did. Cool. Well, I don't want to dwell too much on that because it's yeah. sad. But I thought we should at least mention it. That's cool. So something really exciting to uh, both you and me, and probably Sean. I'm not sure if you're a big, huge Masters of the Universe fan like we are. I'm not a huge you know, He-Man and Masters of the Universe fan, but I did watch it when I was a kid. Why not? And I had, you know, I had a lot of the toys, too. Did you have a merman? I did. All right. I think I lost <laughs> him in the woods. What? Go <laughs> find him. Far away from water. Bastard. Am I going to be in a movie? I don't know yet. I don't know. There, well, okay, before we can get to that, uh, there is a new Masters of the Universe movie coming out. woo And it's the, the new script for it is being written by Jeff Wadlow, who is the screenwriter of the Kick-Ass movie. All right. So is this going to be live action or a cartoon? Li- live action. Oh, boy. And it's not going to be like the Dolph Lundgren He-Man. It's going to have... Thank God. All of the characters... <laughs> that was terrible. Thank you, Mr. Minion. <laughs> it's going to have all of the characters you've come to know and love from the Masters of the Universe universe. Uh, I'm imagining that you're going to see Skeletor, you're going to see Beastman, you're going to see Merman, you're going to see He-Man, and Man-at-Arms, and Tila, and Orko, and she- you know, She-Ra, possibly the Sorceress. Just everybody you think should be there. But the very first image they've released from the movie is a still shot of Battle Cat. Oh my gosh. And it's freaking amazing looking. You know, one of the things that was most missing from the Dolph Lundgren Masters of the Universe movie is that there was no Battle Cat. And as a kid, that was the first thing I noticed was missing. The first thing I noticed that was wrong about the movie. I mean, I still liked it for what it was because it was still He-Man and Skeletor fighting. And I was a kid and I didn't know any better. Yep. But I knew Battle Cat was missing. <laughs> I was like, where the hell's Battle Cat? So now he's going to be in the movie, and he looks amazing, and I'm getting more and more excited for this film as I hear news about it and as I see things come out. So Midnight showing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, you guys need to go check out that picture if you haven't seen it yet. Hey, man. Is he going to be purple and green like he was? He was a green tiger with orange stripes. I thought he was purple and green. No. You colorblind bastard. <laughs> Skeletor's cougar was this, purple. This, <laughs> Battle Cat is not the dress, okay? <laughs> That's funny. Dude, I'm going to find who did that and beat the crap out of him. He was green and orange, and then he had a red battle armor. Oh. And no, Skeletor, had, Skeletor had a, a cat okay, called Panthor that, that was uh, purple with a green seat. That's what it was. I was thinking about Skeletor's. Panthor. Yes. All right. Get off the cig of weed. <laughs> hey, man, you know how long it's been since I watched that stuff? Oh, it's because you know how long since you had a hit. I don't know. <laughs> I just bought the, the new Adventures of He-Man right there. I know. Damn, yeah, look. <laughs> you blind bastard. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's that. Uh, the very last piece of movie news is that the new Age of Ultron trailer just came out. Yes. And one of the really cool reveals, actually the most cool reveal from the trailer, is Vision. Yes. He looks amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, that thing with his eyes changing and shit. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. Have you seen it? Yes, I have. Uh, I'm excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm really excited for Age of Ultron now. Yeah. As soon as yeah. I saw Vision, I was like, oh, thank God they did it right. So if you haven't seen it, go out there and watch it. Uh, so moving on to TV. Yeah. 
So you know what the Saturn Awards are, right? It's an award show that gives things out to sci-fi and fantasy genres. You've heard of it before. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was thinking about the porn awards. Forgive me. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help you with that. Uh, But anyways, they've introduced a new category this year called the uh, Best Superhero Adaptation in a TV Series. Okay. Uh, Brand new category because this is the first year where there's enough superhero TV shows that you could actually give this type of award. And all the shows that are nominated are Agent Carter, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Arrow, Constantine, Flash, and Gotham. Huh. Arrow wins. Maybe. I think Flash is actually a little more popular than Arrow, even though Arrow's had a longer run. Because he's a goody-goody? Well, yeah. Uh, I think some people got turned off by the first season with Arrow and just the fact that he was like a Batman but willing to kill. And while they turned it around in the second season where he was like, no, I'm not going to kill anymore, uh, I think at that point they had kind of – it's still popular, but it's not. It didn't draw the people that like Agent uh, Agent Carter is bringing in and Flash is bringing in. I think that of all the shows that are out there right now, Arrow is hands down the best. Yeah, I I think so. But I think well. the show that's probably going to win is Gotham because it has the most wide appeal. You just think about the Penguin. Well, <laughs> I, I think that everybody knows Batman. Everybody's familiar with that character. Everybody's familiar with his history to some extent. And it's not hard for somebody to just get into the show and be like, oh, that's Catwoman. I know I know that character. Oh, that's Poison Ivy. Whatever. They're all familiar with the names of the villains. They're all familiar with the city. They're all familiar with Bruce Wayne and Alfred. You know, you can't live to be an adult and not at least hear about those characters. Yeah, we, we grew up with those characters, uh, like Enigma and uh, the Joker, obviously. Right. And Joker, was that guy was great. Some that of the actors in the show are, are great. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can't really compare Gotham to some of the other shows because... It's just not as good. Like there are things about Gotham that are amazing. Like if, we said this before, but if the show was basically just called "The Penguins Rise to Power," I would be all over that movie. <laughs> like, like I think Robin Lord Taylor is doing an amazing job. I think Jim Gordon's doing a good job too. And some of the secondary characters are just okay. Like Bruce Wayne's barely been in the move, the show at all. Like you just don't care about you. <laughs> like Bruce Wayne at all. Like his storyline is nothing. When really he should be like the central focus of it all. Yeah, he should. He should. Um, but I think. They're almost pulling a Smallville, and I think the setting is probably the strangest thing. Everything looks like it's in the 70s, but they're driving around with cell phones, and yeah. uh, which makes for a hard thing to, to hold on to, but everybody's familiar with that type of stuff. And that's, um, that's why I think Arrow is probably the most consistently good and interesting show, because the villains they introduce are truer to the comics than you know the alternate versions of the villains that are in Gotham. Uh, Arrow is definitely the most close to the comics as far as like storytelling and, and character development. Yeah, and I think I think for Gotham, while Penguin is an awesome character, it's that uh, the hipster haircut and the fact that he's not the fat round guy that everybody's familiar with, whether it's from the comic or from Danny DeVito. Yeah, uh, and I've heard a lot of people say, you know, the show's great, it's awesome, and it keeps getting better every time. Every show is great. Um, Except for Jada Pinkett Smith, yes. although she's getting better, she's getting I will better. say she's getting better. the The storyline now with her and Dollmaker is getting more that, interesting. That last episode with the spoon, yeah, I mean that was something. <laughs> that was something. But up until that point, she was insufferable. She was absolutely the worst thing on the show. Yeah, every time she was on screen, I just wanted to turn it off. Yeah, I when they made her a primary focus. Oh yeah, and on you guys one episode just just out of the blue. You guys noticed Walking Dead's not on this list, right? <laughs> I just want to bring attention to the fact that Walking Dead's not even in consideration. It's not a freaking superhero show. Why the hell would it be there? But it's a comic book. But it's not a superhero show. All right, you got me. Rick's flying around in a cape? 
You got me. <laughs> Constantine's not a uh, superhero. That is that's true. Uh, shut up. Agent Carter is not a superhero. Ah, you got me. So we got some prejudice out there. Yeah, I mean they well, didn't. They got some accurate uh, <laughs> results in there. Is what I'm saying. All right, hang on. Before you go into that, all these shows you just mentioned: Carter, Agents of Shield, Arrow, Constantine, Flash, and Gotham. And Gotham, best actor out of all of them. If you were to choose the best actor out of those shows, who wins? I would say the guy that's playing Penguin, for sure. I think he's the best. I think he hits the mark the best out of everybody. Robin Lord Taylor. Robin Lord Taylor is good. I don't think he's as good as Stephen Amell. And I don't think he's as good as Clark Gregg either. Those would be my three in the running. Clark Gregg, Robin Lord Taylor, and Stephen Amell. Uh, I think Robin Lord Taylor is amplified by the lack of acting chops that everybody else on the show has. <laughs> yeah, like, that's true. <laughs> he's the best thing about the show. So every time Penguin's on the screen, you're just like, yes, Penguin. But you don't really care that much for anybody else's. Yeah, I'd give uh, it to Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell, he's doing an amazing job as Arrow. And your and actress? Who would be the actress pick? Actress pick, huh? Not Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> <laughs> nope, she goes to the bottom. I'd almost have to give it to Haley Atwell, Agent Carter. I could see that. She's pretty damn good. For me, it'd be a toss-up between her and um, Ming-Na Wen. Oh, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. yeah. She's pretty good. I don't know. I, th- I think you're right. I think I'd have to go with Haley Atwell. Uh, Peggy Carter. Uh, that, that, that show really surprised me because it was one that I was not excited about at all. And then... It just really sucked me in in those first two episodes, and I was really happy with the, the whole miniseries. It was really good. So what were you going to say about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? This week, it came back, because Agent Carter's over, and the Inhumans finally got introduced to the Marvel Universe, the cinematic universe, TV universe, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so Sky is in lockup. I mean, she's in quarantine. They're trying to figure out if she has any kind of abilities or if she's been affected by the mist or whatever. They're mourning the loss of their friend that died uh, trying to save Sky, And then you got uh, Reyna, who has turned into the first actual inhuman. And you see her. Uh, she's like a porcupine. She has thorns coming out of every pore in her body. And her eyes are all huge. And, and she, just, she looks like she's been transformed. And she confronts Sky's dad to ask him about uh, what the hell happened. Because she was told she was going to become an angel when she went through her transformation. He's like, you are an angel. He's like, you, you went through the metamorphosis. You went through the transformation. This is, this is what you wanted to be. She's like, I didn't ask for this. I'm in constant pain. I have needles coming out of my body everywhere. She's like, this is not what I was after. And he's like, well, you know, there's one way out <laughs> if you want to take yourself out. So she's planning to kill herself. And something really cool happens. An inhuman shows up who is blind and has the ability to teleport. Now, in the comics, very recently they introduced a new character called Reader who is blind and three times a day he can read Braille and then make something happen based on what he reads. And his code name is Reader. Uh, One of those things that he can do is teleport. So I'm thinking that this guy who's shown up is going to be Reader from the comics, which is a great tie-in and really smart marketing on Marvel's part uh, to introduce this new character and then have him show up in the show. I thought it was pretty badass. I know you haven't seen it yet, but uh, what are your thoughts about Reader making an appearance? I think that'd be pretty cool. Following the books? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think they were great. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of Reyna, but I'm curious to see what's going to happen with her. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Sky, but no, I, I, it's, it's cool. I can't wait to see it. I'll see it tonight. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as Miguel. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, for having a character who just recently got introduced in the last three in human comics to show up on the show is definitely good marketing. And uh, even, well, the Guardians team up 
had Nebula and she looked just like uh, she was in the movie. And right. And like down to the little details in the costume, it was the same thing. It's good marketing. You can't argue with that kind of stuff. It's a good way to get more people actually reading the books. Yeah. Yeah, Humans is a good book to read anyway. Yeah, it really is. Especially the beginning issues where Joe Mad was drawing them. Oh, yeah. Oh, love Joe Mad. <laughs> So the very last piece of TV news is that uh, John Barrowman, who plays Merlin on Arrow, has uh, signed on to be the lead in a new TV show based on heavy metal. No way. You remember the old heavy metal uh, animated movies? I had had the soundtracks for both of them. So they're doing a live-action heavy metal show, and I guess John Barrowman's going to be the lead. So I guess he's going to die in Arrow then? Nah, it could be. Rachel Ghoul going to take him out? He could just disappear for a few months like he did before. He's about to get killed. You think so? (laughs) Yeah, he's about to eat it. We'll see. <laughs> I think a, a live-action heavy metal show will be pretty interesting, though. That is going to be cool to watch. Yeah. Mm. I don't really know how they're going to do it, because yeah. <laughs> there's all kinds of trippy, weird stuff in the, in the animated things. And Who's carrying it? I don't really have any inf- information on it yet. This was just announced today. It better not be NBC. <laughs> I'm not sure NBC's... Uh, Sounds like a Fox-type show or a CW. Yeah, or maybe even a premium channel. Ah. Uh. Like a premium would, channel could handle it, I think. I would hope a premium channel would pick it up, as because uh, there's no way that I it would be enjoyable if it was on a on a regular channel. True. I just the artwork itself. I mean, it, the books are still running, and they're just they're still great to look at. They're still great to pick up and just flip through and see all the different artists that are putting work out there like that. Yeah. Uh, and then you know the movies themselves were amazing at least the first one was anyway just the constant transitions between the different stories that second one in 2000 while the soundtrack was great the movie was kind of like yeah still i think it's a cool concept i'm interested to see what they do with it bring it on that's pretty much all we got for today all right i want to remind everybody there's a couple of new places you can find us Uh, you can go to nerdbong.com where you can find not only us but a lot of other podcasts as well like the untitled movie podcast or the baked english podcast or one of our new favorites, a kick in the pokeballs. I'm not getting kicked in the pokeballs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, our very good friends, the Comic Syndicate. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us on WickedRadioNetwork.com. Wicked. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us on Stitcher. And if you find us on one of those two places, please leave us a five star review. We're really trying to get more. Uh, I think last time I counted, we had 46 of them. So. You know, more people are going to check us out, the more good reviews we have. I know we have a bunch of listeners. We see the numbers. Come on, guys. Go out there and give us a review. Give us a star so we can, like, dominate the board and get up to the top like where we should be. Help us get noticed. And then, you know, we go big time. If we can hit 100 reviews, Miguel will post nudie pics. Of Minion 5.9. Of Minion 5.9. You might get a lot more listeners if you do that. Oh, because <laughs> they'll be laughing so hard. <laughs> I'll bring a ball gag. (laughs) I'll bring the wrestling gear. As long as you don't don't bring a tie. (laughs) (laughs) Want to remind everybody, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash comical podcast. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at comical podcast. I'm at comical podcast too. And Sean? I am at horseminion519 and known as Sean the Minion. So there you go. Well, you want to close out the show, Sean? Keep on laughing, bitches. Nice.